Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. This is another installment of our series in the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And we're here with Daniel Bennett and Art Georges, and I'm Rich Burkle. And uh, during this session, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit's involvement in Scripture. Uh, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture and kind of think about uh, how he's involved in that process. And then we're going to think about the Holy Spirit's involvement in our understanding of Scripture, our application of Scripture. So, uh, Daniel and Art, uh, how would you describe the Holy Spirit's involvement in bringing the Scripture to us, its creation, its mm. its uh, production? Well, there, there's a lot of different aspects of the Holy Spirit's involvement. You know, that the people who – I can remember when I was in uh, – grade school i went to a christian school for a couple of of years uh, and one of the first catechisms we learned was about the holy spirit it says that uh, men who were moved by the holy spirit wrote the scriptures and so we we know that the the holy spirit superintended the process of of the words of god uh, being brought to us today mhm yeah that's that's a great passage isn't it second peter 121 uh, that speaks of prophecy as uh, being given to us uh, not out of the origin of, of man's will or man's imagination, uh, but rather that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And, and I always remember uh, even way back at Moody, a Bible professor, uh, speaking of that word uh, being carried along, being used in Acts, mm. of wind filling the sails of a, of a ship. And uh, that's always helped me, that picture of, of wind carrying the sails. It's, it's not that uh, the Holy Spirit um, mechanically dictated Scripture uh, mm-hmm. to, these, to these prophets and apostles, but, but they were carried along in such a way that what they wrote were truly the very words of God. Mm. Yeah, and we think about our earlier discussion on the Holy Spirit and his deity, and we're reminded in... Second Timothy, when Paul says to Timothy that all Scripture is inspired by God, and the Holy Spirit is uh, God who has inspired or written this uh, precious book that we have, and and I think of First uh, Peter as well uh, when it talks about prophecy, and it says in First Peter chapter one verse ten, as to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful search and inquiry seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating mm. as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. But it was revealed to them uh, that they were not serving themselves but you in these things that which now have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit, mm. sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. So putting together First Peter 1 that you just read and – Second Peter one that, that you were looking at in, in terms of, of the prophets, um, it, it seems like there's this there's this human element to the the 
the writing it down. You know, we see the personality of these writers and these authors as they're they're writing scripture, and yet at the same time, they're they're not following cleverly devised tales mm-hmm. in Second Peter, and, and at the same and they don't fully understand everything that they're writing down. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's this there's this human and divine element to, to scripture mm-hmm. in terms of of the uh, or the the human element, I suppose, would be the the words employed at times and the the genres employed in order to communicate. And then the divine element is there's there's things that even the people who are writing don't fully understand that the Spirit gives them. Right. It it, uh, it indicates that the whole the Holy Spirit's involvement. It's it's very mysterious. Uh, you know, if you to ask me, well, how exactly does the Holy Spirit uh, bore these writers along so that. Uh, the end product, what they write, is exactly the very words of mm. God, so that we could say with Paul in his letter to <clears throat> Timothy that uh, uh, all Scripture is God breathed. It's it's the breath of God. It's exactly what God intends intends us to have. How did the Holy Spirit do that? Um, and and I, I think uh, you know my, my view is first we we don't know we we can't describe the inner working of the Holy Spirit in these authors' lives adequately, but that I, I believe that the Holy Spirit's working uh, of in, inspiration and, and seeing that we would have ultimately the revelation of God that we do have through Scripture began even before that they they took up mm-hmm. the, the parchment and the ink, that he prepared them right. through their life experiences uh, so that their personality was poured out. Um, you know, it's, it's like with Jeremiah, before, uh, before he was even conceived in the womb, the Lord knew him and set him apart as a prophet. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is preparing those authors. And then as they write, that they are carried along with the thoughts that God prepared them to have through all of the, the various experiences and circumstances of their life to write the very words of Scripture. And so they don't have an understanding necessarily as they write it, how how can all these things be? How can I be how can I be prophesying about the suffering Messiah and how suffering Messiah and how can I be prophesying about the glories to follow? And so the things in and of themselves uh, are, are difficult to understand and, and yet God reveals to them even through the Spirit that they're not serving themselves but but uh, us. Right. The things that have now been announced to you, and then in, and then this is interesting too. He says in in First Peter one, uh, the things that have, that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by who, by the Holy Spirit, Spirit. sent from heaven, things right. in which angels long to look. And so there's this continued uh, progression of revelation that the Holy Spirit superintends, and so that people have what they need to know at the time they need to know it, and yet the Holy Spirit has this this end game as well as He reveals things to us. Right. And I think another aspect of that passage in in Second uh, Peter one, uh, you know, Peter s- speaks about we didn't follow cleverly devised tales in Second Peter one sixteen, and then he uh, alludes to his experience on uh, the Mount of Transfiguration when he sees Jesus in all of his glory, and yet then he follows that and says uh, a, a and, moment which, by the way, he didn't fully understand as he was experiencing right, in real time, right. He's kind exactly. of sleepy. Yeah, sleepy and, hey, let's build Confused. three, three hey. tabernacles. Yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> and he says, and, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. And then he goes on to talk about Scripture. Yeah. And so even when we begin to think about the question, well, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us today? Uh, how does this passage reflect on what we can expect? And we say, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me. 
Yeah, I like what you were saying earlier, Rich, about uh, the uniqueness of each person that wrote. Our listener may be aware that uh, there are some liberal scholars that argue against um, complete authorship of, of certain books in the Old Testament, especially because uh, from part of the book to the next, there may be a slight change in vocabulary. And yet, how many of us know that our vocabulary has progressed over the course of our life? Uh, we, we've changed in how we write and how we think. And, and so uh, experience tells us that uh, that is not a reason to argue against uh, consistent authorship of, say, uh, Genesis or Isaiah. An audience. Yeah, our, our audience sure. uh, dictates a lot of the, right. the language and, we And the context of the message. That's right. That's right. And so if, if someone would say, well, how do I hear, hear the Holy Spirit speak to me? What, what would you say to that person? That's a question I think a lot of people are asking. Well, you already mentioned dreams, so we've covered that one. <laughs> no, obviously it's, it's through his word. Yeah. yeah. That, that, we have a more prophecy is even more sure. than. Yeah. And it's interesting because we, we, we tend to want those uh, more experiential forms. And, and I don't doubt that the Holy Spirit doesn't communicate. I, I'm, I'm not going to uh, deny that that ever happens. It's just that we have a more sure word, the most sure word we have that's the most awesome, the most reliable is, is the word that's in Scripture, right? insufficient, yeah. right. absolutely. Right, and even where we feel that the Holy Spirit is uh, is communicating to us, uh, we always need to go back to the Word of God and compare it to make sure that it is uh, consistent with what God has said in His Word. And, and this is what Jesus promised, didn't he? When he, when he told, was teaching his disciples that he was going to leave from the earth, um, and ascend to heaven. He says, now I have many more things to say to you. This is in John sixteen twelve, But you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. And and again, it's it's the idea that the truth that the apostles are going to hear, that they will ultimately write down in Scripture or teach throughout the church, the apostolic uh, doctrine is not from them and their contemplation on what Jesus said or what Jesus did, but it's from the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit guides these apostles to provide a foundation for the church upon which to grow and build. David would say in uh, 2 Samuel 23, uh, the spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God. And so he's aware of the the words that he had were not his own, but, but God's and God working through the spirit of God. That's right. And so we've, we've talked much about the Holy Spirit being the author of Scripture. He's the revealer of God through the written text of the Bible. Uh, but what about the Holy Spirit being the interpreter? Um, what role does the Holy Spirit play in our lives when we get up in the morning, we open up the Bible and begin to read? What can we expect of the Holy Spirit? And what, what can we long for and, and look for? You know, authorial, authorial intent is a huge uh, issue in scripture interpretation or, or really in, in any sort of reading endeavor or communication endeavor. What what did the person who sent the communication desire to communicate? And sometimes in our postmodern uh, culture, our postmodern hermeneutic, there's a, a doubt that 
we have the ability to communicate effectively. And, and you know, even uh, the mm-hmm. three of us who are, are very good friends sometimes misunderstand what the other is, is trying to communicate, uh, which can lead to some very hilarious revive the drives. But uh, the, the neat thing about Scripture is that not only are we striving to understand the author's intent, but we have the author illuminating the word for us and, and telling us what, what he meant. And we, we think about uh, 1 Corinthians 2, the, the spirit uh, knowing the, the mind of God and can communicate those things to us. So mm-hmm. we have the ability to understand Scripture. Right. Verse 12 of chapter 2 says, Now we have received, speaking to believers, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. It goes on to say, But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things. And so it reminds us that we must have the Spirit of God in us to understand God's Word properly. So when you use the word understand, uh, what do you mean by that? Are are we saying that, let's say, an unbelieving scholar— taking the book of John and writing on it, couldn't give some really good explanation of what John is is teaching. What, what do we mean when we say they can't understand? Well, no, I think we can learn a lot, actually, from, from uh, secular scholars. Uh, but there is a sense in which the, the natural man, well, first of all, can't understand spiritually the, the things that are being communicated and doesn't have the Spirit of God saying, here's how you apply it, here's how it works out. The convicting work that we've talked about isn't there. But it is interesting that the bias that a person who is working to suppress the truth mm-hmm. has as they approach the text. Yep. There's a suspicion of the text yep. kind of automatically. And you see Romans 1 play out a lot. I was in a a, a Bible class in college, and uh, it was called The Bible as Literature. And there were some really uh, good insights that my professor had, but it was interesting as we dialogued just the – the presuppositions that each of us brought to the text mm-hmm. caused us to to approach it very differently. Yeah. Uh, ver, you know, suspicious, uh, uh, Nate. You know, very very uh, suspicious interpretation of the text, uh, assuming the worst a lot of times, and and trying to find conflicts between different uh, mm-hmm. authors right. versus. Uh, hey, you know what? Here's a here's a unifying message of scripture. Uh, there, there's diver- yes, there's diversity in the text. There's diverse themes that are covered, but there's unit. There's underlying unity behind the diverse the, the diversity. That's right. Um, and and when we think of understanding, then uh, we would acknowledge that others can apply their mental powers to kind of understand the words and and context and and meaning. But that apart from spiritual life, um, that there is a resistance and a reluctance, as you said, to identify the supernatural mm-hmm. aspect Amen. of Scripture, right. even the holiness aspect of Scripture, to begin right. to move away from its righteous standard, but certainly to see the glory of God in the text. The, the, the Holy Spirit gave us the Scripture to guide us into truth that would help us to know God. Right. And so for an unbeliever, there's an absolute inability to open up the Bible and to and to know and understand God through it. Right apart from the Spirit of God being inside of us. It's interesting. I, I was uh, been uh, talking with a young couple, and um, uh, I, at first I asked them if, if they read the Bible together. They'd been in our church for a number of months, and, and they said they had, but they said, but we don't understand it. 